And so I've known Jim for those six years, and across six years, she's done, she's been on American Ninja Warrior twice, the TV show. Um, she's run 100 half marathons at this point, 16 full marathons. He's raised over a half million dollars for Parkinson's research through Team Fox. Just incredible, incredible stuff. He's become one of the leading faces of Parkinson's across the country, and just amazingly inspirational to so many. Um, but what I've learned across six years, too, is that my initial impression was completely wrong of Jimmy, that he's not cut from different clothes. He's like all of us. He's really just a family man, first and foremost, his wonderful wife, Cheryl. His two amazing kids, you know, Marina, um, Karina and Mason, and it just, I've seen, him, I've seen him struggle. It's Chris. I've seen him struggle with, um, oh, can you hear me? I've seen him struggle, like all the struggles with Parkinson's. He's kind, he's humble, just an incredible, incredible guy. And what says my part is his dedication, his determination, and just his discipline in fighting this disease and battling back. And so he does it for his kids and does it for his wife. That's really what it's all about. So one of my friends, one of my, he's just a true hero. And so I'm happy to be able to introduce him tonight to all of you. So without further ado, Jimmy Choi. There he is. Thank you, guys. Thank you. I'm just going to go ahead and start a screen share. Uh, to be honest, presenting on Zoom is still pretty new for me. Uh, so we'll see how it goes tonight. But hopefully everything will go really well. Um, can you guys see the screen that I am sharing? Just a quick yes. nod. It's OK. Very cool. Hey, I wanted to thank you guys for the opportunity to speak with you today. And really, thank you, Lynn, for the invite to share my story with Shakers Anonymous. And um, for those of you who don't know, Lynn and I uh, served together on the Patient Council Board for the Michael J. Fox Foundation. Also, Chris, thank you for the kind introduction and thank you for really overselling it. So now I'm, it's really, it's gonna be a hard work for me to catch up to everything that you said, um, but I'm certainly gonna give it my best tonight. I get a chance uh, to speak to many people at many different events, but one of my favorite things to do is share my story with support groups. Um, when you find the right support group for you, you just know it, right? I mean, you guys are here for a reason because you guys are getting something out of these support groups. You're among people who get you. You are a team dealing with life as we know it together, either as a person with Parkinson's or someone living with Parkinson's or someone caring for a partner with Parkinson's. Now, before I get started, though, I would like to share a quick story about teamwork and support. And that teamwork and support was uh, happened at the Chicago Marathon in 2016, okay? And at this marathon, it was myself, Bill Bucklew, who's another person with Parkinson's, who you may have uh, heard about. He walked across uh, the United States in a, in a world record setting pace of 63 days. Um, again, myself and then Chris was also at this marathon. Now, as we set off to comp complete this marathon with a group of Team Fox runners raising money for Parkinson's research, even before the race began, I had a feeling that it was going to be a strange day because Bill had called me an hour before the race starts and said, hey, Jimmy, do you have extra set of medication? Because I left mine at home, and if I go back, I'm going to miss the start. So I told him, you know what, I always carry uh, a backup. So, yeah, no problem, Bill. Come on down. And then we met at the team meeting area just before the start of the race, and I handed him my extra set of pills. Now, Chris, who also heard the conversation because he was – we were staying together in, in a hotel room. 
Chris also handed Bill his backups because they had planned to run together. And then off we go to the start line. Now I was way past security and really already into my corral before I noticed that when I took off my running belt to give Bill my meds, my extra set of meds, I actually left my own at the meeting area. So I was without meds now. Um, I called my wife and she and and my brother-in-law ran those meds out to me. Luckily, got it to me just before the start of the race. Okay, so now everything's gonna was gonna be great, right? Bill has two sets of of meds. I have a set. Chris has a set, and my wife has a set of my backups. Well, <laughs> mile eight, the wheels began to fall, guys. Chris reports that he has lost his meds along the route, and that he has been separated from Bill just a mile before that, when he when he actually realized he lost the race. Now at this point, everybody was scattering. No. You know, no, everybody was scattered across their course. Nobody can get back to our rooms to get even, you know, another set of meds. My wife began texting everybody she knew with Team Fox along the route to see who is closest to me or Bill for extras. Now, Chris has gone into grinding mode at this moment. He was making his way through the course without meds, right? What a warrior. Now, I finished the race. And then when I took my phone out after the race finished, I saw just... Num- you know, lines and lines of text saying, you know, we need to get me- uh, meds to-, to Chris. And and so I called my wife and I told her, I said, hey, you know what? Find Bill. He should be close to Chris and he has two sets. Now everybody then turns on their runner tracker to try to track Bill down. Okay. My brother-in-law finds him on mile 20 and he jumps on the course illegally and he runs him down for about a half a mile to grab Bill and grab the extra meds. Then my wife notified Team Fox cheering section at mile 17 that she now has an extra set of meds for Chris and will be waiting for him at mile 21. Now at this point, Chris has stopped responding to texts, okay? So um, everybody is scrambling, trying to find him. People were on the course looking for him. People pulled out their phones to try to track him via the runner tracking app. But thankfully, he picked up another Team Fox runner who supported him all the way to mile 21 where he received the meds that he needed and subsequently he finished the race. Oh my now, God. That was a rough day, but Chris got it done despite running without his meds for 13 miles. And wow. that day taught me a lesson and it was a lesson of motivation, of discipline and determination. Now, no, these three things are not the same because a lot of times we all use these things and, and try to, we try to interchange motivation, discipline, and, and determination for each other. They're not the same things, and we're going to go through some of that over the next 27 minutes. So here's real quickly a finishing photo of us at that marathon. Oh. It was a great day. Wow. Now, I have a couple of goals today, guys. One. I hope to help you understand that a life-changing diagnosis requires a life-changing attitude. Two, I hope that you guys can take in a new perspective on what it means to live well as a patient and a caregiver uh, to someone who has Parkinson's. Now, to give you guys a a background of, of sort of my backstory, I had a thriving career in 2003. I was newly married. And I thought I, had, I thought I knew it all. I would play golf. I would travel, start a family, live in a house 
with, you know, white picket fences, right? Well, I thought I had it all figured out until that day in 2003, when I was only 27 years old, I was told, Jimmy, you have Parkinson's, okay? Now, it all started with some stiffness and some loss of balance. Then months later, after countless visits to, and to my doctors and, and countless tests, which I can only describe as sobriety-like, I found myself sitting in disbelief in my neurologist's office. Now, up until this point, guys, I was so sure that nothing was wrong that I didn't even tell my wife. I didn't even mention any of this to Cheryl. She knew I was going to the doctors, but she didn't know what for. Um, and she just thought it was, you know, I was dealing with, with migraines and things like that. Um, I was in such denial, guys. I kept it from her for another few months. Only when I decided that I would have to start taking medicine, that I tell her. Now, medicine allowed me to live life as usual. For now, it allowed me to ignore my progression. I did nothing. Didn't even open the pamphlet that I was given when I was diagnosed. Now, I wasted that first eight years of my life trying to hide from Parkinson's. Now, let's think about that. That's eight years of time lost where I could have helped myself. I couldn't hide it much longer, though. My symptoms began to progress. One by one, they became harder and harder to hide. Now, before I knew it, I was walking with a cane. And guys, that be and I became so inactive that I gained weight and I weighed 240 pounds. Now, at this point, frustration began to set in. That frustration led to depression. It led to anger. I was constantly snapping at my wife, my kids, and for no good reason. I felt like I was outside my body, watching it, you know, just outside my body, watching myself, hating what I was seeing. I was so many times I could see myself just screaming at my two-year-old little daughter, right? Imagine someone my size standing over a two-year-old screaming at the, top of my, uh, at the top of my lungs. I just couldn't stop myself. I couldn't help it. Um, as if that wasn't bad enough, uh, in, Mar in March of, of 2010, I hit rock bottom. Uh, I was walking down the stairs with my then 10-month-old boy. His name is Mason. And we tumbled down this full flight of stairs. Now, thankfully, guys, he, I was able to keep Mason on top of my body, and he didn't get hurt. I took the brunt of the fall, and although I only suffered bumps and bruises, mentally, I was never going to be the same. I knew I had to change. I knew I couldn't change the fact that I had Parkinson's, but I could change the way that I lived with it. So after eight years, I finally started educating myself learning this thing called Parkinson's. The more I learned, the more in control I felt, guys. And although it was an onslaught of information, there were some pretty consistent themes. Number one, exercise. We're gonna talk about that a lot today, okay? Exercise, exercise, exercise. Today, we know that high-intensity exercise is the only treatment proven to slow progression of Parkinson's. And, it is, uh, and it was initially thought, uh, it was initially through physical therapy that I noticed that the more I did, the better I had felt. Number two, guys, is that I am not alone. I don't have to do this all on my own. 
my friends and family were apprehensive because I was apprehensive, okay? Talking about it openly made it not so scary. Others out there who are like me, who are dealing with the same burden that I am, and they figured out how to manage it. And all I had to do was reach out and try to get some of their little secrets. So what did I do with all this information? You guessed it, I started to exercise, right? I would walk around the block with my cane. Then I would, well, once I felt comfortable, I would leave my cane at home and walk without it. And then I started jogging. And then I started running. And pretty soon, those blocks add up to a mile. And then in 2012, guys, I read an article in Runner's World magazine about a guy running a marathon with Parkinson's. And that inspired me to run some more. The more I ran, the better I felt. I was learning how exercise is helping me manage my, my on and off periods with my medicine. I'm learning how to optimize the dosing of my meds. I am learning something about myself. I'm learning that I am stronger than I thought I can be. Now with this, I began to ask myself each day, what did I do today to be better than yesterday? Even if it was just one more step, even if it was just one more rep in the gym, what is something I did today that was more than yesterday? Now, since 2012, those one mores have led to some pretty amazing accomplishments. Um, you know, I've continued to push my limits and now I feel like I am unstoppable. <clears throat> Between 2012 and 2015, I was unstoppable when I ran over 5,500 miles um, I, in, in total for, in 2015. I was unstoppable when I also took part in a 50 mile challenge where I had the honor of sharing that course with five other people with Parkinson's. And that's Chris Tracy included guys. In 2016, I was unstoppable as I continue to run, but I also became the first person on record with Parkinson's to complete a 100 mile bike ride in under five hours. In 2017, I was unstoppable when I competed on American Ninja Warrior for the first time. In 2018, I was unstoppable as I returned to American Ninja Warrior for the second time and also finished fourth in my age group at the Spartan World Championships. In 2019, I was unstoppable as I returned to American Ninja Warrior for a third time. And I also completed the Chicago Marathon while doing 351 burpees along the route. Today, guys, I am unstoppable as, my, as I set my sights on setting a world record for the number of burpees done in one minute. So you guys heard it here first. I'm gonna be announcing it next week on social media. On August the 8th, it's a Saturday, we're gonna be live streaming a live event where I'm going to attempt to break the world record for a number of burpees, number of chest to ground burpees in one minute. And we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can do it, maybe I can't, but we'll see how that goes. And all in all guys, those one mores have added up to, and you know, Chris already alluded to this, but it's one ultra marathon, 16 marathons, 105 half marathons, countless 5Ks, 10Ks, triathlons, bike rides, but none of that compares to the fact that since 2012, my wife and I have helped raise almost $500,000 for Parkinson's research. Now, that is a far cry 
from the 240 pound cane wielding Jimmy from 2010. And I couldn't have gotten here if it weren't for the things that I learned along the way. Certainly wasn't easy. Parkinson's and life in general has thrown obstacles in the way. Now sometimes they seem flat out impossible, but I have learned, but I have learned that there is always a way around. Okay? Do you guys know what this is? If you guys can just look at the, the video, you guys know what these what this thing is? This is a phone book, right? They don't they don't really exist anymore. It's thick, it's heavy, it represents an obstacle that life may throw at you. Now, if the only way to get to your goal was to get through this phone book, right? This one is about two inches thick, two and a half inches thick maybe. You would think that it is so thick that it's impossible to get through it. Just like if you, told, if you would told me, if you would have told me that 17 years ago that one day I would compete with some of the best athletes in the world while living with Parkinson's, I would have told you that was impossible. But along my journey, I have also learned that I don't have to rip this phone book in half in one go. I can simply achieve the same things if I just break it down into smaller obtainable goals. Now, remember, all you need to do is try to do a little bit more today than yesterday. We're gonna start with one page, and then we're gonna to go to two pages, okay? And then we can go to three pages. Every day, just a little bit more and keep going. Now, I'll tell you what. All I can say is that I can do the best that I can do and keep at a pace that it is safe and it is right for me. Now, as I train my way through these pages and working through my more each days, guys, I learned an important lesson along the way. I have learned that everyone has a different perspective to fitness. And I have learned that everyone's definition of fit can be completely different as another. Now, I remember one time a elite marathoner who ran a marathon in just over two hours asked me, and this is in 2015, he asked me, hey, what was your best time? Now, of course I felt silly, right? Because this guy just ran a marathon in two hours. And here I am telling him, you know, my fastest time was three hours and 40 minutes. I was kind of, I felt kind of silly saying that because obviously he's faster than I am, he's much more elite, he's more fit. But his, his response really shocked me. He said, wow, that's incredible. Now, think about this for a second. Why would a person twice as fast as I am be impressed? I said, come on, you're twice as fast as I am. What he said next changed my perspective and of how I viewed fitness forever. As he said, you know what? I might be fast, but if you ask me to stay on the course, and run continuously, nonstop, for three hours and 40 minutes, I couldn't do it. I'm fast, but I can't run for three hours and 40 minutes. And by, and by that measurement, you, sir, him pointing to me, are more fit than I am. Now, that made me realize something, that he was right. Everyone has their pace and everyone has their thresholds. I should never compare myself to anybody except myself, okay? Now, once what I once thought was impossible, as you can see, just doing a little bit at a time, a little bit each day, it is possible to beat an obstacle like tearing a phone book in half. My only limitations 
or the ones that I put on myself. But who knows? As you guys are working your way through your ones mores and you're ripping more and more pages each day, maybe one day, one day, those one more pages can add up to seven uh, to 975 pages all at once. My wife is going to hate me because she has to clean all this up. Now, the more I train guys, the stronger I got. I trained with a purpose, working to strengthen my weaknesses. For example, I was falling a lot at one point. And to make myself safer and stronger, I started to do burpees. Okay? If you guys don't know what a burpee is, I'll do one real quick. I'll move to the backs. So maybe you can see me. Uh, hopefully you can see me. But essentially, I'm, I'm going to simulate a fall. I'm going to go to the ground. I'm going to push myself back up and jump. Now that's a burpee. Okay? Now, this exercise alone simulates falling and getting back up, right? Because I was falling a lot, I thought, you know what? If I use that to train myself for better control of my body, should I fall, I can avoid injury. And I can use all of that pushing muscles to then get back up. If I can get better at doing burpees, I have a better chance of getting myself up should I fall. Now, I have to be honest, though. The stronger I got, my symptoms didn't necessarily go away. But my body is better adapted to handle them. There's only one problem. Let's be honest, Parkinson's doesn't stop, okay? In order for me to keep up, I have to keep maintaining my level of fitness that some would describe as a crazy amount. But I found something that works for me. And that something is giving me the ability to combat Parkinson's. That means I have to find motivation. Every day, I have to find some kind of motivation to, to help me get up and move. But that's not enough. It's hard to keep finding motivation every day, especially these past few months when we aren't allowed to leave our homes, right? Now, I have a nice gym in my, in my, in my basement, but gyms are closed. Access to equipment, trainers, and yes, as you guys all know, face-to-face -face meetings with our support family. That's why I have to be, it have to be more than just motivated. You also have to be disciplined. When you are disciplined, you are dedicated to your goals. You have to realize that goals are hard to achieve. It requires a long-term commitment and consistency. If you make yourself do all the little things that it takes to achieve your goals, sometimes even with motivation and discipline, it isn't enough. When there is no outside force motivating you to move, when you are just too dead tired to move and you've already told yourself that, um, that, I'm, that just laying down is easier that day, you also have to be determined uh, to you also have to be determined. You have to give your, you have to be determined to stay ahead of Parkinson's. I have to be determined to give myself the, my body the best chance to help my mind and body combat PD. I'm determined never to go down without a fight. So you see, since 2012, I've used motivation, discipline, determination. And it's also the lesson that I learned after running in that, in that, um, 
medicine exchanging marathon with Chris and Bill has helped me stay committed to the fight. It has allowed me not only to prepare my body and my mind, but it has also allowed me to share my story and motive, hopefully motivate others. Others. Now remember that Runner's World magazine that I that, that I read in 2012 on the, that I talked about. Well, that moment came full circle in 2015 when Runner's World published a story about me as I prepared to run a New York City marathon. And then again last October when I completed the Chicago Marathon while, th while doing 351 burpees. My hope is that maybe someone else will read my story and they will get inspired to move and maybe they themselves will inspire others to move as, as well. Now, I can't stop what I do because once again, Parkinson's doesn't stop. Medication and exercise helps, but it never really goes away. I hear this all the time. Oh, Jimmy, you don't look like a person with Parkinson's. Now this is where educating the public becomes a necessity and raising awareness becomes that much more important because most people don't see the non-motor symptoms of Parkinson's, right? Loss of smell, loss of cognitive functions, low cholesterol, uh, constipation, right? Just to name a few, depression, um, apathy. And these, all these things people don't, all people see are the tremors and all people see are the, is the rigidity. What they don't see is that I might be able to compete nationally on a televised competition and run for miles at a time. But this is something that almost anybody can do. As long as you're willing to put in the training for it. It didn't come easy, but I was willing to put in the training for it. However, anyone can tie their shoes. Anybody can button their shirt. Unfortunately, these are things that anyone can do without Parkinson's. I'm sorry, anybody can do without training that I have difficulty with, with Parkinson's. Now, looking back, when I was given the initial my initial diagnosis, I was scared and I felt depressed. Today, I live with a different mindset, and that is one of hope and joy. Two words that I never thought I associate with Parkinson's disease, right? Now, with my, phys with my uh, physical activity, I truly feel that I have slowed my progression. I have bought myself more time. Now, why is that important? Well, just five years ago, guys, there were zero clinical trials classified as disease-modifying, okay? And what that means is there were zero, uh, zero clinical trials classified where the treatment is aimed at modifying the disease, slowing or stopping the progression of Parkinson's. Today, there are more than 70. 70, guys. There are more than 70 today, and that gives me hope. Hope that better treatments are coming. Now, this is a feeling of hope that helped me find something else. And that is the feeling of joy. Now, it was something that I thought I could never really have, at least not living with Parkinson's. So yes, hope and joy. I live with it as much as possible every day, even with Parkinson's. Now, this photo that you guys are looking at was at the 2017 Disney Marathon where I crossed the finish line with all of those turkey legs in my hand. And yes, I did eat maybe two of them. 
I shared a rest with my, with my, with my friends, but I mean, this is, you just got to find joy in the things that you do in everyday life. Now, before I open this up for questions, guys, I'm going to leave you with this. Living well isn't defined by how much money you have or what kind of car you drive. For me, living well is defined by how well you can handle obstacles that life throws at you. Now, just so everybody here in this Zoom meeting knows that there is a growing movement among people with Parkinson's, okay? And all you guys have to do to join that movement, it's very simple. Let's get out there and move, guys. Thank you very much. Now I'm going to open this up for questions. Feel free to unmute yourself if you guys have questions. Don't be shy. <laughs> Jimmy, right. I have a question. Yes. I have a question. I exercise. I push myself to exercise, but I have a lot of fatigue. And it's, it's hard sometimes to push over that fatigue. How, 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 how did you, did you have the fatigue and how did you deal with it? All the time. And, and, you know, I always say that, uh, when fatigue hits, so just to give you an example, there, there, you know, and on any given week, now if you guys look at videos of me online, those are just snapshots of my day. Right. <clears throat> but on any given day, um, it's actually, I, I would say that I'm actually about 60% um, of the time where I'm able to move the way that you guys see in those videos and am able to compete. In fact, I was taking a nap and I can barely move just before this call. Um, but when that fatigue hits, mm -hmm. I know that it is, it's something that I have to deal with, but I also take that opportunity to continue to work, um, to get my workout in. I know I'm not going to be able to be, to be as fast or strong or get as much work in, but I get what I can knowing that, the next day or in a couple of hours, I'm going to feel a little bit better and then I can come back and hit it as hard as I can. But I don't let that fatigue really um, stop me from doing things. I do it. I do lower levels of it to be safe, um, but really just to keep that, that discipline going, right? That's one thing that I talked about is have that discipline that um, even if you really don't want to do it, you don't really don't feel like doing it. You just something that you have to do to make sure your body is, is uh, Keep, is, is used to it. There's that muscle memory of movement um, and all of that in the long run, even though you're not getting uh, the, the, the type of exercise you feel like you should be getting at that moment, um, that's still going to add up. So just knowing that get through what you can today and then come back when you feel good and you hit it hard as, as hard as you can. Jimmy, what about medications and exercise? Dosage, frequency, um, so before I answer that, I must, I have to say, I am not a doctor. <laughs> okay. I, I am only sharing with you guys my personal experience. Um, I do have a very good relationship with my doctor. Okay. So please do check with your, your, your MDS before changing any medicine schedule. But as far as, um, as far as I'm concerned, I worked very closely with my MDS uh, in terms of the dosing of my medication, how I was feeling doing different types of activities. I would track um, how I would feel during these activities and when I would take my meds and how, how I would feel 45 minutes in, an hour in. Um, and then we came up with a strategy to dose differently based on what I'm doing during the day. 
if I'm just sitting around and having, you know, just a normal day, uh, you know, doing house, you know, household chores, playing with my kids, um, I have a dose, my, a standard dose, which is, which I, I take a cinnamon pill every three to four hours. But when I'm exercising, um, after checking with my doctor, we felt that I was up, it, it would be more optimized for me to take, um, when I'm running, I would take a dose every hour, every 60 minutes. If I am weight training, it's every 90 minutes. If I'm cycling, it is every 90 minutes. So all these different activities that I'm, I was doing, I was tracking just so that I can share this information with MDS. And I highly recommend that you guys do the same. Um, and just share that information with your MDS so that you can have that flexibility to adjust your medication to your current physical needs, depending on what activity you're doing. Thank you. Jimmy, do you ever take a day off? <laughs> I do. <laughs> so um, I do work out seven days a week, but I do have off days sprinkled in there here and there. And it's at least, so when I have a day off, it is active recovery, meaning I'm out there, I'm walking three miles or I'm walking, uh, you know, two and a half miles. I'm doing light calisthenics work, just something to keep my body moving every day. And it's an off day by comparison to my normal day. My normal day is, uh, is three workout sessions in a day. I wake up early in the morning and I'll do a, at least a one hour high intensity interval session. And then midday I will go out for cardio. This is where I run or cycle. And then at night I will work on skills, things that I want to get better at balance, uh, obstacles, strength training, just focus on skills because I know I've already done the work in terms of cardio and high intensity earlier in the day. That's impressive. Jimmy, at any point, does your, do your symptoms completely go away, you know, in their entirety? You know, um, the answer to that is yes, and I'll tell you exactly when. Uh, it is when my life is on the line and I just completely rely on my body. Uh, so the adrenaline, adrenaline kicks in, and I'll tell you what I mean by that. Um, as you guys know, I compete on obstacles, right, like American Ninja Warrior. Sometimes we're, we're 15, 20, 30 feet up in the air, and there's only thing between you and the ground is either a soft pillow or a pool of water. And when you're up there that high and you know the only thing between you and safety is your grip strength and your ability to get to the other side, I'm not thinking about my tremors. I'm not thinking about uh, rigidity. I'm not thinking about um, any of that. All I'm thinking about is trying to get myself, my body to safety. And at that point, I am really not feeling my symptoms because again, my body has kicked it into the next gear and we're just trying to get myself to safety. Um, one thing, and actually th thank you for asking that question because I've trained with a lot of people with Parkinson's and um, they've come to my obstacle course gym and uh, we've done a lot of the things together. And one thing that I didn't notice is that every time that I put them in what their mind thinks is that their, their bodies are in danger, um, very often the side or the, you know, the side of the body that's more affected with Parkinson's or the thing that they complain most about not working well, um, you know, being able to fully extend their arms, for example, or um, you know, not being able to balance and not being able to move quickly to reach for that next thing, all of a sudden they're doing these things and we get it on camera and I show it to them, right? Um, there must, it, 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 it's still there, it works. Now it's just a matter of how do we unlock that on a daily basis. Thank you. Jimmy, what, what about, you, oh, excuse me, go ahead. Uh, Jimmy, what, what are the exercises you do for balance uh, that, that you're training you do? 
Um, so I, I, I do a lot of work with BOSU balls. If you guys are familiar with that, that's that half dome ball that's soft. Um, I do a lot of work with that. I balance on top of that. I flip it over and balance on top of that. And usually doing single leg um, balance work. So uh, these, you know, one of these things, these things are called Romanian deadlifts and I like to do it where you're just balancing. I'm gonna turn to the side so you guys can see it. I'm gonna turn to the side. Um, like, I'm gonna balance on my right leg. My left leg is up in the air. And then from here, I'm gonna use my arms as sort of a pivoting point to help keep my balance. And then I'm just gonna bend over keeping my back straight to the ground. And the goal here is trying to get parallel my back to the ground and then getting myself back straight up and then switching legs. So that's one of the exercises that I use. It's very safe. And if you need to um, like stand close to a wall and just tap the wall a little bit to help you, you know, nudge that little, that, that balance to make sure that you stay safe and upright. Um, it's very easy to do. You can do it anywhere. Um, you can do it when you're cooking. You can do it when you're watching TV. Um, you can, I, I mean, that, that single exercise alone has helped me improve my balance greatly. Wow. Jenny, do you have, um, do you do, you do exercise videos, right? So do, do you have exercise videos that, that we could follow you with or, or, you know, do you have anything? Cause you're, you're so I, I, I've, I have videos that I put up on, on like Facebook and Instagram, um, but they're not dedicated exercise videos. Now, throughout the whole quarantine, I, I, I was running uh, Zoom classes and, and exercise classes for, uh, for anybody. It wasn't just people with Parkinson's, um, but many people with Parkinson's uh, joined and, and, uh, and, and worked out with me. Um, unfortunately, I stopped doing that two weeks ago because our gym opened back up and I am a trainer there. So now I'm training back in the gym. Okay. Um, but on, on Facebook and Instagram, you can find video clips of different exercises. That's great. But I plan, I plan to do more of that. My wife has been encouraging me to put out more of those, uh, that content, for, especially for people with Parkinson's. Yeah, that'd be great. Oh, yeah, that's right. Uh, my wife just reminded me that uh, the Davis Finney Foundation um, released uh, two weeks ago. Yeah, they did. They released two weeks ago. There was a, there was a, a mini circuit that I did with the Davis Finney Foundation. Okay. Uh, and Lynn, I can, send, I can send you the link to that. Okay, that'd um, be great. I've already yeah, got that on our website. But do we already have oh, it? Yeah, I put it on the website. Okay, perfect, perfect, perfect. Okay, great. Yeah, so there's a, there's a mini circuit in there that you can do, um, and you can do it. It's five minutes at a time, so you can do five minutes, 10 minutes, 15, 25, or 35, or as long as you want. Awesome. What about nutrition? What, what, like, how, what do you, how do you approach that with your... Hand me, hand, hand me, that, hand me that box. Um, my wife is laughing. I don't know if you guys can hear. Chris is laughing. Chris is laughing because Chris has been at my house. Oh God! And, um, don't tell me you eat donuts. Oh God! <laughs> but, All right, cut. No, let's be realistic though. Um, my nutrition is actually pretty clean. Um, I, I, I don't follow any specific diets. Right, because I feel that uh, a lot of these diets are highly restrictive, and they are hard to maintain. And if it's something that is hard to maintain, if you don't really don't enjoy doing it, you're not going to stick to it. Okay, so I don't skip my donuts. I don't skip my ice cream. I eat it all in moderation. Even though if you look on, if those who know me, thinks you know that might seem like I'm eating a lot of it, but my general diet is clean, whole foods. 
Um, you know, just very balanced is not, you know, protein heavy. I do eat carbs. Um, you know, good fats are, is also has to be considered as well. Uh, but so it's a very balanced diet. Um, but, you know, I do cheat, you know, with, with a donut here or there or two donuts here and there. But then I just make sure that just, I mean, the 80-20 rule, I think, is, is, is probably the best. If you can eat clean 80% of the time, it is okay to indulge as long as you do it, you do it in moderation. That sounds fun. So what's your favorite donut? Uh, my favorite donut is Boston cream, but I'm not allowed to eat it in this house because nobody in this house eats that. Very good. <laughs> likes that. Do you recommend it three times a day or four times a day? <laughs> Donuts or eating? Donuts. <laughs> uh, I, I, would say, I would say donuts is, for, for me, to be honest, even though I happen to have a box here in front of me, um, it is the first box that I've purchased uh, in the last month. So... <laughs> So, like I said, it is everything in moderation. Right, so funny. That's funny. That's great. Jenny, do you have any sleep issues, or can you address that if you do? Uh, yes. Yeah, so my sleep issues are um, probably a very similar story to to a lot of you. Uh, I sleep for about four hours every day. Um, that's what I average. Uh, even with the level of activity, uh, you would think I'd be pretty tired. Um, but if once I fall asleep, I'm only able to, 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 I think, stay asleep for, you know, maybe four hours. And then once I'm awake, I'm, I'm wide awake and I'm not able to go. Once I wake up, that brain starts churning um, and when the body starts moving and then it's just, it just becomes really hard to get back to sleep. Uh, now, as far, as far as what I've done to address it, um, to be honest, uh, I've tried the melatonin. Um, didn't really work for me. Um, my wife has encouraged me to to try other therapies, but I'm a stubborn guy. So unfortunately, maybe that is one area that I, I need to improve for myself. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Jimmy, you talked about working on falling. What else do you work on? Like what other areas balance? Anything else you can point out like a good area to work on for as well? Yeah, uh, I mean, balance is obviously very important, right? But I think the most important thing that we should all be working on is your core. Uh, the core is your center of movement. It is a center of balance, okay? Every move that you make starts here. It might sound silly, but even when you're running, you think, oh, it's all legs. No, actually, the very first move when you pick your legs up is in your core. So I think, uh, I think everybody living with Parkinson's can gain a lot of stability and a lot of balance just by strengthening their core, okay? And it's something that's very safe and easy to do. Planks, for example, is very easy to do. Sit-ups are very easy to do. In, if, in fact, if you just do a plank, uh, you don't even have to move at all because you're just there in one position and holding yourself either in a high plank or a low plank, um, and you're working on your core. Uh, it's very and, and the plank engages the entire uh, core pretty much right from right from uh, right underneath your chest to just uh, below your diaphragm. So I highly recommend core work. Uh, as the starting point for everybody, uh, and there's something that everybody should be doing on, on a daily basis. Okay. That's awesome. Oh, one more other thing too uh, is grip strength, right? Finger dexterity is uh, is a is a big part of 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 um, of our weaknesses. 
So if you work on your grip strength and, and, and as soon as you realize that your grip strength isn't just about your hands, it is about your forearms, it is about your biceps, it is about your elbows as well and your wrists, what you're actually doing is you're strengthening your wrist. If you fall, you're, you can brace yourself. Uh, you're strengthening your elbow, uh, excuse me, your forearm, and not just on one side where you most people think of grip, but you also work on your extensors on the other side as well, keeping you balanced, okay, and keeping your body balanced in terms of muscle um, work. That will also it's also very beneficial because if you do take a fall, right? We're using falls as an as an example a lot. If you do take a fall and you go out to reach and grab for something. Right. If you're not able to hang on, guys, it's not going to do you much good. You're still going to face plant on the ground if you're not able to hang on to whatever it is you were trying to reach for. OK, so core and grip is is key to when it comes to to uh, fall prevention. I don't know if you guys can see, but if I'm falling down and I reach out and grab this, I'm engaging in my core and my grip to get myself safe. So it doesn't matter which direction I fall. Um, it's, it's always going to still going to come down to uh, your ability to hold yourself up and your core. Jimmy, how do you handle a heavy travel schedule that you have and maintaining fidelity to your three times a day workouts? Uh, you know, I have a, a handful of workouts that I, that I use as my go-to workouts. Okay. And these workouts require no equipment, no no uh, weights, no equipment. They're all body weight exercises. Oh, cool. Okay, burpees is, is one example. Uh, running is another. Uh, Sit-ups, push-ups, um, handstands, things that, that I can do in my hotel room. A um, uh, um, lot of core exercises as well, like V-ups. Um, you know, so I have, a, I, have a, I have a workout routine that I have, that I bring with me when I travel, so that if I can't get out to the gym, I can still work out in my, just in the room itself, in the hotel room itself. Wow. Right. And then that goes that that goes to the whole um, uh, discipline side of it, too, because it's so easy when you're traveling to say, oh, let's go eat here because I saw a really cool restaurant down the street instead of instead of working out. But, you know, if you have that discipline and you're really concentrated on keeping keeping your body running at its optimum, uh, you got to put that work in. Thank you. Well, now I look at burpees in a whole new light because of you, because I used to, <laughs> because I used to dread them and, and, you know, complain about them, but it's, it is perfect for preventing falls to kind of, you know, it's, it's good, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and it trains the entire body, all the muscles that you need to fall safely and to get yourself back up. Yeah. It makes a lot of sense. It's great. Do you do a lot of strength training with weights? Do you do, you do that every um, most of my work is in calisthenics, and what that means, guys, is that um, I'm just using my own body weight. Okay. Um, and and I think I think that's I think for people with Parkinson's, um, you know, lifting weights is is fine if if you can work that into your routine. Certainly, by all means, do it because it's going to help you know make you just that much stronger. Uh, but if you get really good at tossing your own body weight around, you get really good at moving your body, you're going to have a better understanding of how. Your specific, we all know Parkinson's is different for everybody. So if you can move your own body weight around, you'll get a better idea of how you can move your Parkinson's around when you need to. What do you think about boxing? I love boxing. Uh, I don't do enough of it uh, just because 
you know, I, as you guys can see, I have a heavy bag back, back there. I don't know if you can see it behind the thing, but I do have a heavy bag. Um, I've got my gloves hanging right there. Um, but I, I think boxing provides a, a really good hand-eye coordination. Um, it provides good cardio work. And all of the boxing stance starts and it's, you're engaging your core right away. And then also holding your arms up always in that blocking position uh, provides a, a lot of, um, you know, upper body uh, strength and endurance work. So from that aspect, I think, I, I think it's great. Um, one thing that, that, that boxing provides is repetitive work, right? So if we keep doing something over and over and over again, it becomes routine. And once something becomes routine, it's engraved in your muscle memory and it becomes easier to do. So one thing that I would, I would suggest those, everybody else who's doing boxing programs is to always, don't just go in and do the programs as they're prescribed, really push yourself, okay? Because if you're doing the same things over and over again, you're gonna find yourself in a plateau. So if you find that you can get through a workout pretty easily, move a little faster, guys, get more reps in, you know? Uh, in that time that they give you that three minute, that three, those three minute rounds that you're going, uh, you know, instead of 100 punches, try to throw 110, right? Always pushing that limits uh, every time you go. Yeah, Jimmy, let me ask you something. Uh, I was taking the pills, uh, not the time release, and I'm just going to start taking them tomorrow. But I like bicycling, and uh, before I was taking the pills, it was hard to get up the hills, and now I've been on these pills. I've been going up the hills, and uh, and then I cut hair all day, and I couldn't stand. Now I'm standing, you know. I mean, so the medication and the exercise I do is, uh, you know, getting a little better. But I'm trying to. I had a knee replacement. I kept blaming it on that, but it was a Parkinson's. And, can you suggest uh, something for me that I, I'm trying to get my right leg over the bike and get on there and get off? It gets too stiff and I, I can't figure it out. Yeah. Um, so, you know, do you clip in or do you, are you just on regular pedals? No, if I clipped in, I would clip out. I'm not that advanced, just pedals. Okay. So if you're, if you're doing just pedals, um, you know, one, one way is, well, actually, let me ask you another question. Does your bike have a straight crossbar or does it have a slanted crossbar? Straight. Okay. All right. So um, one thing that you can try doing. Now, remember the exercise I just showed you guys with that single leg uh, Romanian deadlift, right? This, this single leg exercise, uh -huh. right? Now, have you ever seen little kids get on the bikes standing on one side and they step on the pedal and then, and then they just go? So they'll... Um, let me move back so you guys can see. These little kids, if you watch them, they put, if I'm on the, the left side of the bike, they put their left foot on the pedal and then they hold the handlebars and then they start riding the bike like a, like a, like a skateboard. And then right. once the bike is rolling, then they just stand up on the pedal. Now they're a little bit higher off the ground and then, and then they can swing their legs over to the other side. Okay. Now, I don't, obviously, if you've never done that before, I don't recommend you just going out there and trying it, but definitely practice that, that single leg move where you're resting on the pedal and then just trying to scoot yourself. Maybe go a couple of feet at a time just to get used to that movement. But what you'll notice is that as I'm trying to push myself, yeah, I'm going to turn to the side. Look at this position that I'm in. All right? I'm single leg balanced, and then now I'm pushing myself. I am in this, this Romanian deadlift balance position, right? So... 
just another just another example uh, of how just simple exercises that you don't think per pertain to everyday life can help you. But I was certain. I think that's one of the, one of the ways that that can help you get your leg over because once you're on that pedal, you've given yourself the extra six inches off the ground that can get nice. you to the other side. And you're not clipped in, which is so it's much safer to do that, uh, you know, that, that technique. Got it. Okay. I have a question. Sometimes burpees hurt my back, and I'm actually a trainer. I was teaching the boxing for Parkinson's. Okay. Do you have a for doing them so they don't hurt your back. And it's really the going down, the over rounding of the lower back to going down. And yeah. Kind of let me see. What about um, jumping into a, a wider squat or something to get into it, or give it? No, you. I think I think my suggestion for that is would be a step down. Burpee. Uh huh. Uh -huh. Okay, so I, I I don't know. Can you guys see my whole body when I'm back here? A little further, like closer to me. Like here, can you guys see my whole body? Yeah. Now, is is it your lower back that's hurting? The lower back. Yeah. Okay, so what's happening is when you're going down, okay, if you guys can see it, just watch my lower back. What's happening is you're, you're, you're kind of stuck in this. Can you guys see? Am I out of frame? A little bit. Okay, so if, I, if I'm in a standard burpee, I like to keep my, my back straight along with my upper and lower back. And then when, when I'm in the high plank position down here, notice how everything is up high, right? But what you're seeing is that when you go down, your lower back then dips to the ground. It's more the flexion going in, going down, the flexion. Right, yeah, right, the flexion going down, that impact. Um, so a couple of things to work on. Number one, your, your, your lower back uh, and upper back strength. So um, strengthening that, good morning, we do a lot, you know, I, I mentioned core work. You guys also got to work your back so that you stay balanced, okay? Um, but if you're if you're experiencing a lot of that flexion, you could, one of the things you can do is strengthen your 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 back. Second thing that you can do is do a step down burpee, right? So instead of going straight down, you can just do a step down, keeping your back nice and high. And then now I'm up. You see my back is up high, and then from here I can go into my push up and then step back up as well. Okay. Great, thank you. That's a good modification. Yeah. I can do about the 14 or 15 different burpee variations. There's so many different variations. You can do burpees with a chair. You can do elevated burpees. You can do uh, um, uh, no push-up burpees. Uh, you know, so there's there's definitely many different ways you can do it. And then you can progress up to different levels as you go along. Jamie, what do you say if someone just wants to get started and hasn't done exercise a lot since they were diagnosed? What's the way you suggest they start? Um, so the best thing to do to get started is uh, find a good trainer. Now, it doesn't have to be a specific trainer with Parkinson's, um, just because you want somebody to guide you through that process, okay? Uh, the last thing you want to do is go out there and do it, do it on your own and get hurt, and then you'll, and then you'll, you'll, you'll push yourself back you know, put yourself back in terms of um, what, what your goals are, right? What you're trying to do. So I think, you know, finding a, a local rock study program, like I said, it doesn't have to be, if you don't have a rock study program near you, um, it could be any gym, find a good reputable uh, trainer to work with. Okay. 
and find somebody that looks like you. Okay. Meaning don't go out and find, you know, that uh, the, the Dwayne Johnson lookalike guy, the Arnold Schwarzenegger lookalike guy and train with them. Find someone that looks more like you. You're more, you're, your chances are you're likely able to relate better and you have a better relationship and that gives you a better chance of success. Jimmy, how do you feel about um, swimming and walking? It may not be as much cardio. Is it still valuable? Absolutely, absolutely. And and you know what? Um, earlier question uh, was, you know, is there other times that you feel like you don't have Parkinson's? And actually, swimming is one of those times. Wow. Um, when you're swimming, you're floating, and and it's almost like a zero gravity feel. Uh, your body feels fluid. Um, so I, you know, swimming is is actually very good. I, um, when I was training for a lot of triathlons, I swam a lot. Um, and it, absolutely walking. Definitely. Remember, that's how I got started. Uh, mm. even today when I go on long runs, it's not necessarily all running anymore because I'm not as fast as I used to be. It's run, walk, run, walk, whatever it takes. Um, but again, it's all about your comfort level. If running isn't everybody's cup of teas and I'm going to say it right now, guys, running sucks. Okay. But I, I, I do it because it made me feel good. Um, but if it isn't your cup of tea and you'd rather walk, you know what? That's great. Walk. Uh, maybe pick up the, the, the pace just a little bit or pick up the distance a little bit today. Just my, my you know, I'm just going to go keep going back to my point is that don't stay at a single level too long. Okay. Always increase that level. If it's not speed, then it's distance. Okay. Or cadence. And when you're walking, make sure you're picking up your feet, uh, building muscle memory. So things of that nature, but always taking it up to the next level. So it doesn't necessarily have to be a cardio thing, you're saying? No. That so, um, you know, when they say high intensity exercise is proven to slow progression, uh, it is a cardio thing. Uh, the study is actually, if you guys want to look it up, you can Google uh, a, um, a study done by Northwestern um, uh, Medical Research. And, um, and what they did is they took a group of people and had them work at a maximum heart rate, uh, a 75% of their maximum heart rate for three days a week, um, for over six months. And then they checked their progression. I'm sorry, not six months. It was over a period of three years. Um, and then they checked their progression then, and that compared to a group, uh, that was working at 65% of their heart rate. And then another group that was control, which is just doing what they always done. Um, the group with the highest uh, heart rate count had a plus or minus uh, uh, was a two percent um, in a change in their symptoms, which is statistically zero. Okay, um, so, but it, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say, I don't want to discourage walking because I, when I started, it was walking, and if I didn't walk, I wouldn't be where I am. But you say the greater benefit will come from the cardio to work your way up to that. Yes. Okay. That's, that, and, that's, from, that's from research and that's from my own experience as well. All right. I, I'm sorry to monopolize, but I have another question. Have you taken the, um, the time release carbidoba? Did that help uh, you I, since you work out so much? I do. So I don't take the time release when, I, when, I, when I'm working out. Um, I do take time release uh, for overnight. So if, if, I'm, if I'm trying to sleep a little bit longer, I, I take the time release. Well, that's interesting. So you can mix them up. 
Yeah, for sure. Yeah. I didn't know that. Again, check with your doctor. Yeah, yeah, of course. I was just curious about you. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So do you have time for anything else in your life, like a job, or is your job working out and raising money for Parkinson's? So um, I, as, as I, I left my, my day job uh, last, last April, and since then I've become a full-time motivational speaker. Um, I do travel to events and uh, raising awareness and raising money for Parkinson's. So you're absolutely right. My job is to, to work out, make sure that I can take care of my family from a physical standpoint, um, and then you know, hopefully spread awareness and, and try to raise a little bit of money and trying to get all of us across that goal line. Thank you so much. You mm. are a PD rock star. <laughs> yeah. and you are you are you are amazing you you are incredible thank you so yeah. you're so inspirational i you know thank you. wonderful thank you thank, you, thank you so much thank you yes um, thank you thank you for your time yeah it was awesome it thank was you. an honor and thank it you. really is a pleasure for me. You're thank you guys. Honorary member of Shakers Anonymous. Officially. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> I love it. Thank you guys. As, uh, as, as far as sleeping, have you ever tried lullabies? Uh, <laughs> Seriously, you know, it works for us. You know, so, sometimes, actually, I, sometimes uh, at one point I was listening to a lot of uh, Hamilton trying to go to sleep, but then that. Yeah, uh, that you know, I use it as a little background noise, but then I sometimes I enjoy it a little too much and stay awake listening to it. Do you have Alexa? I do. If you say Alexa.